You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is episode six, recorded the week of May 18th, 2020. Welcome to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast series aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. So whether you're into customer experience, into mystery shopping, if you're responsible for the performance of sales channels or functions and their role in delivering customer success, then this podcast is for you. I'm Helen Wilson and I'm the CXO for our Ipsos CX and channel performance business. And I'm here with Trevor Clark again. Hello, Trevor, my colleague and co-host. Hello, Helen. Glad to be here. Okay. Looking forward to today's discussion. Journey mapping is a, is a great topic. We've had clients who um, have really used it to develop their understanding of how customers interact with their brand. Look, Well, I think we're going to deliver on all your expectations there, Trevor, because I'm about to introduce, or I am introducing, Helen Bywater-Smith. Now, Helen and I have worked together for years, so we worked together in the UK, and I now sit in the global business, but Helen is still kind enough to work with us in our global space. I call her the queen of customer journey mapping, but frankly, I don't think I know anybody who knows more about journey mapping than Helen, and the role it plays in terms of helping our clients shape shape their customer experiences, shape their service design. Helen, was that a bit of a mean thing to say, to set those expectations that you're the queen of customer journey mapping? You are too kind, Helen. Um, maybe princess. I don't feel old enough to be a queen yet. <laughs> okay, what will you be, 21 and old, of course. How silly of me. <laughs> oh, I wish. I did actually turn 40 in lockdown, so it's been an interesting, an interesting ex- ex- social experiment. It's probably a whole conversation about how you celebrate in lockdown. And I'm quite convinced that there's this missing gap in relation to customer experience. I'm about to help my daughter celebrate her 11th birthday. And I'm concerned to ensure that I deliver the right experience in lockdown. So I hope you had a lovely birthday first off. Did you actually manage to deliver on a, a good birthday celebration, Helen? I was actually really surprised because if we think along the lines of um, customer journey mapping and what my expectations um, were before my birthday, I actually felt quite down. I'd had a huge party planned, big fancy dress affair, friends and family traveling far and wide to come to London. Um, so to cancel that was really heartbreaking um, and I was really quite depressed <laughs> the, the couple of days leading to my birthday but um, the Zoom party was fantastic we scheduled it between 8 and 10 but it actually went out on from 8 till 2 um, and needless to say I don't think I can remember the last couple of hours of it so it, it must have been a lot of fun <laughs> That frankly has to be some Zoom call there are too many Zoom calls on a personal note of course never on a professional note where I'm sitting there thinking, how do I actually get out of this Zoom call, given that I clearly haven't got anything else to do? <laughs> so the fact that yours went on that long is pretty good. Right, so we know a little bit about you from a personal life. Basically, we know you've just turned 40. We know you've got lots of really nice friends. Um, let's actually start off by talking about what you do in a professional capacity. What, what does your team actually do? Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So um, as you mentioned at the beginning, I lead the customer experience journey mapping team in the UK, but I also support Ipsos globally in the journey mapping training um, and in in business development as as well. We hear the term journey mapping a fair bit. Could you 
expand a little bit on Ipsos's perspective on what we mean by journey mapping? Sure. So from an Ipsos perspective, process is important, but we take the view from the customer perspective. So a customer is at the heart of every single customer journey mapping project that, that we do. So it's about going into the into the journey um, through the eyes of the customer, step by step, through every single touch point, understanding um, what they're experiencing along the way. Obviously, there's um, various levels of journey mapping. So you can go from a very zoomed out uh, perspective of a customer experience. For example, at the moment, interestingly enough, I'm going through a house purchasing process. And that's obviously quite a a long, lengthy journey with lots of different um, interactions involved along the way. Lots of uh, pauses at the time at the moment in lockdown. Obviously, everything's on pause at the moment, about to be welcome back up. So you can see, for example, the mortgage application within um, the house purchase journey to really understand what the customer needs are along the way. Um, And using our frameworks to unpick the experience to identify the high points, the low points, what the pain points are and the things that need fixing, the moments of truth in the uh, mortgage application journey itself and the opportunities for improvement really throughout you're talking there clearly about the customer journey, but I know from conversation you and I have had that it involves different stakeholder groups. And could you talk about that whole concept of journey mapping from the perspective of others in the organisation? Sure. So from from a customer journey perspective, um, in terms of the end-to-end project and how it works, we always have to start off um, with the stakeholders. So before embarking on our voyage with customers through their journey um, and spending time with them, we really need to really get on the same page as the stakeholders within an organisation, looking at their end-to-end journey initially through their eyes and understanding um, what from the data that they have already internally, what they know are the pain points, what they know are the moments of truth, what they hypothesize customers are feeling, thinking, doing, and where improvements can be made before we can go and speak to the customers. So we are really clear on the ambition and the aspiration of the organization before we start. Similarly, um, it's really important to look at the experience through the eyes of the employees. I like to refer to the employees, the frontline employees, as the souls of the brand because they are really where your brand promise truly does come to life. Um, you know, if, if I've, I've recently had a had a car bump actually whilst going uh, whilst being on lockdown and had to contact my insurance company. Um, and although the insurance company brand is clear in my head, um, the actual interaction that human interaction is what really makes or breaks that relationship and how they how they treat you and how they talk to you and how they look after you in that in that experience that's where the relationship really does start to form with the brand more closely you mentioned the the way of thinking or the frameworks that you apply to the customer journey mapping process could you start to break that up for us a little bit and and how do you put some structure to those thoughts at Ipsos, we're, we're blessed to have lots of great thinkers and lots of great frameworks that have been around for many years internally at Ipsos. And we've meshed these all together to create our customer journey framework um, using knowledge from behavioral science, sociology, psychology. And first of all, it's important to look through the customer journey, um, talking to customers about their expectations. So understanding what they expect when they go um, on a trip on a particular airline, for example, 
So obviously expectations are changing right now because of the whole COVID-19 situation. So it's really important that you understand how your customers are feeling. So first of all, we look at expectations and then we look at the actual experience. So what actually happens um, during an experience. And then um, the third part is we look at the ideal experience. And then we look at the correlation between expectation um, actual experience and ideal to understand what the gaps are between those. So to understand where a business may be uh, outperforming people's expectations or falling short or meeting expectations. The second framework that we have is um, our Sensidium, our emotional needs framework, which really helps us to understand what emotions people are experiencing. Because a lot of journey mapping talks about emotions in a very one-dimensional way, whether somebody is having a positive or a negative emotion. And at Ipsos, we know that emotions are way more complex than that. And we have a framework to help our clients unpick and really understand this. So people might be looking to fulfill a motivational need and an emotional need um, of status, for example, to make them feel important, or they might be looking to fulfill an emotional need of, um, of belonging and making people feel like they actually belong in that particular service and in that particular experience. I mean, you'll know as well, Helen, that we had JF on a couple of weeks back who spoke to the CX Forces. And of course, the work we've done in CX Forces, which is about understanding the functional and relational needs driving emotional attachment. He's obviously worked very closely. And what I get excited is about the fact that we can put into play the kind of work you're talking about to do the truly in-depth understanding of consumer needs, expectations and so on. But then we can use the forces to quantify that. So it's, um, it's, it's great to work with you hands in hand on that front. Absolutely. We're really excited about using the CX Forces. And we're using them already to understand the relationships between um, a customer and an organization. Could you take that understanding of the customer journey and what the impact that it has had for clients and how they've been using it to understand their customer journeys? Sure. So what I mean, the beauty of customer journey mapping and essentially what it does is fundamentally it smashes down the silos internally in an organization so everybody can rally around the customer needs and have that front and center of all, all of the different discussions that they have. And we're really proud that a lot of our customer journey work, a lot of the maps that we've created live on the walls of CEOs, uh, training rooms. I've been into call centers where they, they, they are there live in a call center and there's teams huddled around them brainstorming what they can do at different parts of the journey. They're used in onboarding programs, research and development. A lot of the journey work that we have, have done in the past has inspired the design of airports, airlines, hotels, train lines, uh, banks, uh, restaurants, uh, you name it really. And so understanding the relationship between businesses and their suppliers as well. One of the things you talked about there, Helen, was in regard to the maps and you talked around huddling around maps. Can you just talk about some of the creative ways that you're using practically to depict those journeys? Absolutely. Again, we are really lucky at Ipsos to have um, a whole suite shop of inspirational ways that we can really bring our, our, um, our work to life. Uh, and, and the original idea was really around Alice in Wonderland, you know, taking people actually into a journey as much as we as we physically can. Um, 
obviously in normal times we're having um, maps you know printed out in wallpaper size on walls a lot of them are augmented reality so meaning that they are embedded with extra data extra detail which can be updated and also video footage video is a big part um, of, of our process to really bring to life the emotion that customers are experiencing at different touch points so we want to take our clients into the world of the customers through their eyes and through these maps we, we try and do it in as creative ways as possible. We bring into we bring these to life in our service design workshops, where we we go through the end to end journey with with a, a great uh, sometimes up to forty plus uh, large teams of clients uh, brainstorming every single touch point what they can do to improve the service either through training or through product development um, or through embedding a, a new process um, it could even be through redesigning the uh, the uniform of the frontline staff for example and we brainstorm this over a, over a, a day or so uh, to come up with these new service interventions to really improve the customer experience. So I know, Helen, again, when talking to you, I've heard you tell all sorts of tales about the kind of ways you've debriefed clients. And I think you've even shared examples of silent discos, immersive theatres. Just thinking back, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but are there any standout projects for you that you've really enjoyed because of the methodology or because you're proud of the impact? What, what are the standout programmes that you remember being part of? Oh, there's so many. Um, I really, you know, one one of one of the memories that I will, you know, probably take with me until I'm an old old age in a care home um, will be some of the work we've done um, for for a particular airline and taking like 40 or so stakeholders and having two days where we're locked in an offsite facility to really immerse ourselves in the world of their customer through you know the silent disco headsets um, or either through augmented reality for other clients and really you know seeing how excited the clients are for the first time hearing uh, this feedback in such a great level of detail from from customers and seeing how usable the insight is that they can immediately action that and walking out of the workshops with you know detailed plans about how they're going to improve their customer experience that's really great being able to look through the eyes of a customer digitally as well is great because we can do that. We have lots of ways to be able to do that digitally. And it was way before lockdown. This hasn't been a solution that we've had to adapt because of COVID. This actually was adapted years ago when we've been doing um, our journey mapping work over the course uh, of the last 10 years uh, where we've actually been able to look through the eyes of the customers using our in-house digital app for example and getting people to capture vlogs and photographs and document uh, their experiences and being able to upload and, and send those back to that back to us so we're actually able to be physically with customers you know when they're traveling on an airline or when they're staying in a particular hotel for example that's really exciting to see because you get to a very different level of relationship with your customers it goes beyond just question and answer to them actually exposing you to an, a whole experience through through their eyes you see evaluate more customer experiences than many Helen who do you think is really nailing it at the moment? Anyone? 
Well, I think there's a whole mixture of different experiences going on out there at the moment. And obviously, we all have a heightened sense of awareness of every single touch point. I think that my local Sainsbury's, for example, is doing a great job. The, 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 the frontline staff there are approaching this whole situation with so much rigour um, and being very clear about what the customer needs to do and what they don't need to do and policing the situation properly um, and hats off to them for, for for doing it in such a way because the experience across different supermarkets is slightly different um, so I think that that for me Sainsbury's is really delivering a standout experience. Um, from a personal perspective being a mum I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a six-year-old son who do lots of activities and clubs outside of school. Um, and, I, and I think their sports teams have actually been really brilliant. So my son um, is part of Wimbledon Tennis Club and he's um, they've given us regular weekly updates on, on newsletters. They're sending videos, for example, on, on things that he can keep on doing to build, um, to build his skill set. And the same with my daughter's gym, gymnastic club. And I think that's really great um, to keep that connection, especially for the children when they're really missing those sports clubs and their hobbies, um, probably even more so than school. I have been surprised that there are other brands that aren't taking the opportunity to reach out better and be part of this COVID story because many people, many families at the moment are, you know, producing memory books and ways to remember um, COVID and all the great things that as a family you've, you've learned from this experience. And I think there is um, a real opportunity for brands to be part of that that story, part of the uh, part of the memory. Um, I noticed on, on TV, TV last night when I was watching uh, watching um, a program when the ad break came on that KFC have, have brought out um, a really great advert where they've shown people um, while KFC has been shut families have been creating their own version of K KFC and posting them on Instagram or social media and they've taken those photographs and actually you know showed um people's people's own versions and and at the end of the advert they've put we'll take it from here and i think that's a really nice clever smart link to 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 do with those families who who obviously have had some fun trying to re recreate that special secret sauce and recipe uh, but it's really nice that they've they've injected a bit of humor in here as well um i don't know if you've seen that one helen no, I haven't seen that one, but I, I'm, I will now be searching for it, needless to say. Yeah, I think there's been some great, there's some great noise out there as well from the financial industry. So hats off to them as well. Obviously, with the introductions of mortgage holidays, really understanding, you know, what people support, what people need in terms of support right now from a from a from an emotional perspective. Everybody's obviously very concerned about all of that, and it's been great to see that support from from the um, the banking side, the bank, the financial sector, and as well, they've been a bit cheeky with some of their uh, their brands, their adverts, you know, there's been a great one from Barclay Card with the gorillas in the zoo. Um, and I think right now we're all desperate for support, that emotional support as as a parent, um, you know, or, or as a family member not being able to see your family and friends. Um, and that's the role that brands are playing right now. They're here for that emotional support, but also humour, you know, make me feel like you're on my side you know make me laugh make me smile because that's what people need at the moment they need support and they need they need somebody to to put a smile on their face our clients in canada are 
pretty well established um, in terms of their understanding of the customer experience. And with the change that we're all going through with the pandemic, and in Canada, we're just about at the stage where businesses are starting to open up. Those that are beyond essential services are starting to starting to wake up and look at what the what the future experiences are going to look like. How do you suggest bringing journey mapping into that understanding and creating the new customer experience? So I think from from that perspective, um, I in fact came off a call this morning with one of our transport clients, and for them, we we did the the customer journey mapping work for them years ago. So yes, they've got a customer journey mapping framework there, and they've got all of their different uh, relationship and and VOC systems, etc. But one of the things that they wanted to to understand is exactly your question. How is our service going to be impacted by COVID? So what we're doing for them is actually having a service design workshop where we're going to look at the customer experience end to end and actually think with um, our clients, brainstorming with our clients, using all of the data that that has been curated um, about COVID to inspire us when thinking through the customer experience across every single touch point, what they should be thinking of in terms of their service design. So from um, a safety perspective, for example, um, and how to get the right communication out to people in terms of how they should be behaving when traveling, traveling around. So I think, Yes, it, there's, it's not about starting your customer journey mapping from scratch. It's springboarding off the customer journey map, using all of the, the great uh, resource that is available around COVID and all of the insight that has come out through Ipsos and, and, other, and other ways, um, and using that as an inspiration to then go through um, and brainstorm you know, what the impact's going to be on the service. Customers are also sat at home, um, and quite frankly, a lot of them are bored. Um, and all the customer work that we've done, all the all the uh, discussion groups or interviews that we've done during COVID time, people have been more than happy. It's been actually no problem at all. In fact, it's been easier than ever to recruit people um, as customers are sat there dying for a bit of a break from work and from the kids um, and looking for that bit of extra pocket money as well, let's be honest. Um, and they're really happy to sit and have a conversation, but talking to them about their expectations and what they expect a customer experience is going to be like is actually really interesting and, and is really surprising as well how much detail they've actually thought through. This this period of lockdown, this period of reflection has caused everybody to almost have a metaphorical sieve and be able to go through their lives and sieve out the experiences, um, sieve out what they need in their life, you know, work out what are the fundamental basic things that people need uh, to be able to get through and, and live and, and, and really assess those and think about them in, in a lot of detail and how they would like them to be improved. So I think I think you're really missing a trick if you're not speaking to your customers right now on some level or another. Wow, that's a great way to describe and understand what's what's happening with customers these days. So Helen, you've evaluated many experiences over the years and undertaken many customer experience programs. Are there any, for whatever reason, that are truly stand out? That are, what are the memorable ones? 
I think all of the experiences and all of the projects are memorable for different reasons. But one real standout one, um, which was very emotional, was we did a piece of work for a life insurance uh, company. And we had to speak to customers who'd recently been through that very emotional experience of losing a loved one and having to deal with all the the admin really around that and and how that feels. Um, And we had... We had customers, you know, getting very upset, very emotional in the interviews, which was understandable as for some people it had been fairly recent. But to really play that back in the workshop to our stakeholders and to our clients and seeing them actually feel that emotion, um, you know, some of them for the first time really hearing um, the stories in that that level of detail and, and the impact that the experience that the insurance company had on them was really memorable because at the end of the day the customer experiences really are the tapestry of our life they're very important and it is all about the emotion it is all about what people feel because that triggers the memory that triggers the relationship I can't think of a better way to pull this conversation to a close Helen so thank you and thank you for ending on an example that obviously has had such an impact on you as well as of course the organization So thank you once again to Trevor. Thank you, Helen. Helen Bywater-Smith. We really appreciated having you here today and understanding more about Ipsos's approach to customer journey mapping and indeed customer experience design at a top level. If any of you have got any questions that you'd like to put to Helen, please feel free to get in touch. Get in touch via our customer perspective at ipsos.com. And just to be clear, I'm Helen Wilson and she's Helen Bywater-Smith. So Whoever you'd like to pose a question to, just put it right back to us. So join us next week when we'll be talking to Nick Mercurio. Nick will be talking about that whole issue of as the economy is opening up, how brands are taking steps to ensure that consumers feel safe when shopping at their locations. should be a really interesting session. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. New episodes will be made available each week, so be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.